What up, what up, what up? Welcome back, everybody, to the Etcetera's Podcast with Kevin Durant. As always, I'm your co-host, Eddie Gonzalez. My guy, K. Some big developments in the last week for this man. He's headed back to work. He knows when. I know he's excited. We'll talk a little bit more about it with him going forward here, but, you know, a little busier than usual, getting ready for all that stuff. We got big things on the way for you guys. I'm happy everybody loved the Slam episode. Got a ton of great feedback. Shout out to Scoop. Shout out to Russ for making that happen for us. Again, it was an honor. It was an absolute joy to take that trip back down memory lane to kind of get to show everybody that, you know, Kevin's just like us. He, he went through the same stuff. He was chasing those mags like us and chasing that spot in there. And it was a dope twist on the concept here. This week, we're back with another singular entity, kind of a genius, not even kind of, a genius in music. Derek, mixed by Ali. Ali, the man behind the boards for all of TDE, including Kendrick Lamar and SZA, Schoolboy Q, all of Black Hippie, obviously. The man behind the boards for Roddy Rich, his latest album for Summer Walker, which we got a little bit of a laugh about, and and so many more. Nipsey Hussle, Mac Miller, rest in peace, obviously. Another great conversation and, and something I noticed that Kevin and I said quite a bit in this episode was, yo, we just talked about this, man. Remember, we just had this conversation and that's exactly what we wanted to present to you guys was kind of these conversations we have in private as we're just shooting the shit. But instead of me and Kevin just reminiscing and me and Kevin just thinking about this stuff out loud, we're actually talking to people that was there for the journey that was there who helped make these things that we love and are such a big part of us and our identity. And this is another example of that. So yeah, man, lots of stuff going on. Stuff we'll be talking about soon. Lots of stuff in the works. In the meantime, Derek Ali, mixed by Ali. We'll get right to it. We're joined by a legend today. It only felt right to have this man on here. Uh, you know him as Mixed by Ali, Derek Ali, the man behind the boards for legends of the last decade, Kendrick Lamar, mm -hmm. SZA. I just found out, y'all hey, y'all like in the same age group as me. I'm used to CD cases and liner notes and shit. I just found out you did a bunch of Summers album, and I love that album. How did I not know that? Yeah, I mean, uh, shit, I don't know. You tell me. You ain't must not follow my Instagram shit. Man. I must not be a legend. You hear me? Oh, <laughs> look, he getting me. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm hella late there. And like, I was like, yo, that's crazy. But yeah, obviously we're joined by Ali, man. Thanks for being here. We appreciate Word. it. How you living? Nah, thanks for having me, man. I'm blessed, brother. Uh, you know, it's been a rough year, but you know, luckily it's good music. Uh, keep me afloat. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm great, man. How you guys feeling? Good, good, man. We good, bro. So I want to start at the beginning because I found an old interview with you at my old stomping grounds, the smoking section. Word. And you you said something that that like tripped me out because when we talked to 40, he said something similar. And you talked about how you getting into music and getting into engineering and stuff like that. It, it, it was born out of when you were younger, you just kind of had this intrigue with how things are put together and taking things apart, putting them back together and and stuff like that. Why do you think that leads to what you do, to mixing, to engineering, to toying with voices, with music, the way you do? 
Uh, I mean, I was just one of them kids in the hood that had like severe ADD, like severe. So like <laughs> nothing can like really like hold my attention for so long. So I would, you know, I would, I would get an RC car for Christmas or an RC helicopter. I got to bust it down. I got to break it down and see how it's built and then put it back together to see if I either add some parts to it to make it faster or whatever. But, you know, as I grew, you know, uh, you know, interest around me changed, you know, homie start rapping and I'm like, yo, like, I could take your voice and do something crazy to us, break it down, let's break your voice down and see if we could do something different to it, you know, and that kind of just sparked the interest in uh, just the art of engineering in general. What type of stuff were you listening to around that time? Man, that's, I mean, born and raised in L.A., bro, I was off the heavy Snoop and Dre. Like, I'm heavily, heavily West Coast influenced, um, you know, and at that time, you know, Dre had everything sounding pristine. So, you know, I tried to find a way to add, you know, when you listen to old Dre, he added a lot of Parliament's Funkadelics, all that, all that, all that weird worm sense and weird sounds to his record. So I'm like, yo, let's try to make your vocal a, 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 a synth. Or let's try to make your vocal sound like some old Funkadelic shit. And I was just doing it the unconventional way because I had no training in it. And, you know, uh, it just it just it just taught me different techniques. It taught me, you know, how to be original. It taught me just, you know, how to figure things out because I couldn't afford the real equipment, you know. So you taught yourself all of this? Yeah. At this time, yeah, I was I was self-taught, just trial and error. <sighs> Man, cause a lot. Of, I see a lot of these engineers, they go to I see dudes going to school, struggling right. then and they out to figure out the craft. But to see somebody who taught themselves, that's rare, especially in this game. I, shit, are you, like where we come from, we don't have them. You know what I'm saying? We don't have them, them access to schools, <laughs> yeah. and you know, yeah. we don't. That shit's expensive, you know. Yeah. So it's you know you gotta you gotta find an alternative route, you know, and that's I think you know those those people who can find alternative alternative routes are the ones who end up you know taking hold of something and making it theirs because they you know they they've been through the struggle, so now they can enjoy the you know the glory. So tell us about the process of teaching yourself that. Like, what what does that mean? You're literally just trial and error all day trying to figure out what does what trial and error bro like i said sound there's no that's one reason why i really couldn't go to school because it's like you know for one i hated authority and two like you can't tell me how to hear something you know there's only there's so many different ways to get a sound and you can't tell me this is the only way to get it so i think everything happens from not you know being broke and not being able to go to school i think you know made me who i am in the sense to where not being taught to 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 think in a box if that makes sense you know i had to use unorthodox tools and different ways to do things to, to create my sound. And I started to appreciate that more. So, you know, just trial and error. And just, you know, like I said, I would put the hella plugins on a vocal or I would try different gear I had laying around or some things that I could find on Craigslist and plug them up and, you know, just beatbox into it or, you know, have one of the homies come rap a freestyle. Just find a way to, to, to create a sound that was originally not there. I think that's key. And I think that's big in kind of like your maturation artistically because, if you learn like in a box and if you're taught in like a traditional way, maybe you're not as artistic as you are now. Maybe you don't see things the way you see them now. Facts. I agree with you 100 percent. We we talk about like uh, dudes doing workout moves on the court, right? Like that shit could work, but that doesn't have the same kind of flow to the game as somebody who just, you know, got it, got it out the mud, you know? Yeah, that's the same thought process. You know, the, the game is, I feel music is the same as a feeling thing, you know? Right. You kind of yeah. react and you kind of set the tone as you go. You know what I'm saying? So You know how to you know how to improvise in a different way because exactly. you've tried and felt in 10 different type of ways. So exactly. you know, you know, if you're moving a route or going away, you know what not to do if this route fails because you tried, you had this same scenario in the past. You know, you have exactly. like a Rolodex of failures in your head that you could pull from. Exactly. 
I wanted to kind of expound on like just the craft and a routine. Like what was your routine like at that early age when you was trying to figure it out? Like was it I get up in the morning, go straight to the studio, I'm in there all day? Like what was that routine like? Because I know me as a youngster, like that's where I built up that foundation. You know what I'm saying? It's like every day figuring out this where I need to be at. Like what was that for you? Facts. And I I'd agree with you 100%. This this takes me back to this, uh, this book that I read early. It's called The Outliers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. And there's this chapter called the 10,000 hour chapter or 10,000 hour theory. And it basically just states that to become great at any field, you need to acquire at least 10,000 hours of training in that field. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during this time, after I kind of, you know, started figuring the engineering out more, you know, Top Dog had this this studio in the back of his house where me, Kendrick, Avso, J-Rock, Soundway, we all just slept on the floor, record each other. Schoolboy Q. So, you know, uh, that that was, you know, I was kicked out my granny. I was my granny kicked me out for some fuck shit. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the streets, been luckily top had this spot that we all, you know, we all came from rough parts, but mm -hmm. we had this one thing in common, which was this back house that top had created for us to just focus. You know, we're not, we're not running from nothing in there. We're not, you know, watching our backs or nothing. We just creating. So our daily routine was just wake up, you know, put $5 together to try to go get some chicken. <laughs> and then we recording all day long. You know, it was, it was just, a, it was, that was our only routine just to wake up in the morning and create music, you know? I think another reason why we are who we are is because we were offered that opportunity. We had that opportunity to not focus on having to, you know, not focus on having to watch our back all day long and, you know, dealing with the the, the devices of the streets. You know, we had this place, um, you know, that we could just be ourselves and create, you know, true outliers. What trips me out about that is like, do you ever feel like you wish you were back in that space? Like y'all have the world at your fingertips now, but it's a different energy, right? It's a thousand, it's a thousand percent different energy. You know what I'm saying? I lost my mind a few times in this shit, but you know, it's, uh, you know, you can't, I, how I look at things, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta accept moving forward. You know, you can't really dwell on the past. You gotta appreciate it and just move forward. Cause you know, that's how you persevere is by just pushing through the mud, no matter what you're dealing with. You know, I do workshops and I talk to these kids all the time about, you know, mental health and, you know, how can you just create and just be in that creative space if you're dealing with shit in your head? You know, you can't dwell on things you can't control. You gotta be able to move forward to be able to reach that next step. Nah, that's real. And then and your profession is so solitary, like it's literally just you and the in the boards, right? For hours at a time. Bro, it's a, it's a box, nigga. It's me all day long and this <laughs> motherfucker staring at a board. So it's like if imagine trying to listen to a snare, you know, ten for ten hours in a day, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have a whole bunch of thoughts running in and out your head to where you can't focus on the work, you know. <laughs> just like I can imagine Katie with training. You know, if you're not clear, you can't be on the court doing what you gotta do because mm -hmm. you you got to focus fully on the on the mission, and the mission is to complete the task. Most definitely. So you know, if you you gotta, that's my approach to things. Is you know, so to answer your question, you know, I, I don't say I wish I was in the bass. I appreciate where I came from because it, it 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 made me move different. You know, I, I have conversations different. I know, you know, when I I can sense when the fuck niggas approaching. You know, I I just I appreciate the grind because it taught me to to sustain in this crazy industry that we all live in and working. Right. Right. So one thing I wonder, and, and, and you kind of just mentioned it, you know, dealing with a snare for, for 10 hours or whatever, you you work with some of the most iconic voices of our time right now. You know, you're working with SZA, with Kendrick, like literally their voices, not even the sound of their music, not even getting to that. Do you feel pressure dealing with that and having to create these classics that, you know, you, you're hearing them before us and you know, and it's like, yo, I got to give it that that extra push to push it to the next level. You feel pressure with that? That's funny because in the beginning, like after we did Good Kid, Mad City, like you got to really go back to Section 80, right? If you heard Kendrick Lamar, Section 80, like that was a time to where like 
we literally, the reason why a lot of the stuff sounds like that, even though it sounded dope, is we had broke mics. You know, a lot of distorted vocals was coming from broken microphones and things like that, that we had to mask with other plugins to make it sound like a, an effect type shit. So, you know, coming into game like that, like I mentioned, I, I, I'm able to, you know, find a way to take something and sound, make it sound completely different. So after, you know, Good Kid, Mad City, or after a Section 80 going into Good Kid, like we already had a formula to how we create music. You know, and that formula was to do things out the box. You know, when you listen to swimming pools, you know, you hear the quirky vocal that comes in and out and goes left and right. And people remember that. And that's when I talk about in my workshops again, I tell kids, try to find a way to add a, to find a way to create a thumbprint with your sound to where people can hear your work and experience it rather than just listening to another song. So, you know, working with new artists today, you know, I, like I said, in the beginning, it was, it was mad. It was super frustrating and intimidating because it's like, dang, like, do you guys want the sound that I taught myself to create? And I didn't go to school. You guys want that sound? Or do you want this radio shit that I'm hearing every day? So I'm, I'm tearing in between doing what got me here and following trends that other people are doing that I had looked up to. So, you know, once I, once I crossed that threshold of, of, of being comfortable that, you know, people are coming to me and want my sound for what I've done and what I've created, you know, that made me more confident and more comfortable to kind of go in the studio and just do me. So when SZA, or, you know, Kendra, they already, they already know, like, send it to Ali and, you know, it's going to sound completely different from where I had it. He's going to complete my vision for me. So it's just years and years of respect of, you know, people understanding that, you know, it's a, it's a formula that we created, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you spoke about earlier how Dre inspired you as a, as you were coming up. Like, what is that relationship with him like now? Man, it's like, it's like Big Brother, you know, it's just, you know, um, just, just the fact that, you know, I was able to work with him to an extent that we did on Good Kid, Mad City and beyond, you know, it's a dream come true. Like I could, I could die happy at that point. Dre is just, you know, if you're from the city, you know, you listen to the Dre, you know, you just, you know, it's going to, it's going to knock and sound incredible. And, you know, I was always the kid of speaking things into existence and just understanding the energy, the universe. So I always said, I'm going to work with him one day, but how it happened, it was more of, um, like I said, relationships crazy, but it's just a surreal moment. You know, it's like it's fucking Dr. Dre. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to have that opportunity. A lot of people don't. And he still mixes everything analog. That's the thing? 100%. That's 100%. You know, nowadays, because music's pumped out so quickly, you know, so many artists dropping mixtapes and albums every single day. They, you know, they get lost in the trend of just the digital world, just working solely inside the computer, you know, which is not wrong. You know, a lot of people, you know, can make it work for them. But, you know, there's just this uh, this sound that just comes out of these boards from electricity. You know, it's 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 not ones and zeros like the computer. It's electricity that's moving the sound. and you know, from the techniques that Dre taught me, you know, being able to manipulate them in a, in a way that works for you. You know, I, I was able to master the analog uh, sound that Dre taught me and fuse it with the digital shit that I came in the game, uh, understanding, and I kind of fuse them together to kind of create my sound. It's it's funny you say people come out with music so often. I think the criticism of your camp is that, <laughs> that y'all don't yeah. come out as often as people would like. <laughs> Does that frustrate you? Because right. I know y'all are working and I know you see the work. Does that frustrate you to hear that? Uh, I wouldn't say frustrate me to hear it. I mean, I, I definitely understand it. You know what I'm saying? But we're we're a group. We're we're a camp. We're you know quality over everything. You know, if it's not ready, it's not ready. You know, and and one thing about our family is like you know everyone has input on on what's what. So you know, there's no yes man in the circle. If one person doesn't feel a certain way about a project or about a song, you know, we all got to hit the round table and we got to get it right until you know it's all the way like in. That's the formula we had since Good Kid, Mad City, and why change it? You know, it's it's you know. Of course, we hear the pressures of the people in the streets talking, but you know, you can't let that shit get to you. You know, it's uh, you know, it's it's it, we, it, what got us here is just having that mind state, and you know, what's the point of changing it now because of some comments or something? You no, know? 
what's that process like you're like a two-year three-year album making cycle like are, are these songs literally just taking months and months at a time like y'all just not settled on the mix you like the album you like just yet like what what are you going through over this amount of time uh it depends on the artist that i'm working with you know like a kendrick is different from like a j-rock or a schoolboy q scissors different from summer you know nipsey worked a certain type of way you know it, it, it's all relative to the specific artist that we're dealing with um but at the end of the day it's, it's it's all the same you know this this mixing process this step is the final process of creating the project so you know it's the only time you really get to fine tune and run through everything with a comb and really get everything right you know and i, and I think a lot of artists like to work with me because i really go through each record and you know and go through it with the fine comb and try to find every every little imperfection to try to you know figure it out you know that's why you don't see me doing too many singles. I'd rather do full projects because I, I want to be able to make sure everything's consistent. Everything is is up to par to a specific standard that I set. You know. Can we talk about Nipsey real quick? You mentioned him. No, nah, thanks. What was that? What was his process like? Because uh, I know there's a lot of talk about how particular he could be, and and uh, I know YG when he passed, he made fun of kind of like he only liked to record <laughs> at these times, you know, and YG couldn't make it there. And he seemed like a professional through and through. I know the times that I've seen him at shows and things like that. Like, he, he was, you could see how much that kind of calculation he has for everything. It mattered. Like, it showed up on the stage. It showed up in the way he presented himself. Is that Did that happen in the studio as well? Facts, man. First, man, RP, my brother, Nip, man. Uh, man, he's super meticulous, man, as he should be you know, super calculated, you know, and he's super hands-on with every aspect of his business, you know, and I say business because the music was part of his business, you know. Mm -hmm. It was an early bird, you know, when we did Victory Lab, we literally slept in the studio for three months, you know, it was fucking, at that, at that time, I'm dealing with some mental health shit, he having a kid, we sitting there, we would work all morning and sit back and smoke up and just have life conversations for the next six hours and you know, just being each other's bartender, you know, it, it was, it was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was a humbling moment, but, my, yeah. you know, but that experience was, you know, that was the first album that, you know, he had professionally mixed, you know, because he's such a DIY dude. Um, you know, every project before that, you know, he's literally just recorded, put it out, recorded, put it out. So that process of the mixing kind of, kind of was skipped. So, you know, of course, Nip and I go back years, years, just from being in the same, you know, being from L.A., but when we finally got the time to work each other on Victory Lab, you know, and he was able to see my process on the board and understand what went to it, like the the respect for a change. And, you know, we had a couple projects in the works before, you know, unfortunately, his untimely death. I was listening to some shit on Shuffle the other day and then a song from there would come on. And it's like the right. crispness of that sound is like jarring. Like you could tell right. that's a different level of just like cleanness to that. Clarity, and it, it really, right. really sticks out. It's crazy. I mean that's that's what my mission statement is in this music shit. You know, if if I can if I can help levitate, if I can help elevate the quality of music one mix at a time, you know, in the next ten years, my kids gonna be listening to everything that sounds fine. It sounds minute, but in the grand scheme of things, this is what got me here. That's the respect I got for this game. You know, it's just it's thinking that deep to plant these sonic seeds, you know, and 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 have and have and have some type of you know legacy in the game long term when it comes to just audio and quality in general. Hmm. Man, that's. <laughs> Damn, that's saying a lot, you know, because you're looking at the history of this game and looking at, at where it can go and seeing you step into the game and, like, having so much respect after years and years. Like, do you ever look at it and feel content sometimes that, like, man, I've done so much, you know, in this game and I've Im improved over so much time? Like, what keeps you going? You know what I'm saying? What else do you want to continue to keep doing? Like, what what other milestones you want to hit? I mean, it's just it's just seeing the progress and just being able to understand the times. You know, uh, when I was mixing music 10 years ago, it was completely different from how I'm mixing music now. 
you know, and I think that's what breeds longevity is just being able to understand the next wave of things. And luckily, you know, I'm able to understand the waves of things, understand the sound of tomorrow so I can kind of keep my name relevant. But, you know, you know, what kept me going is understanding where I'm at and seeing what's next. You know, I'm always a guy that's trying to figure out what's next. You know, how, how can I how can I take what I'm doing to the next level? And from that, you know, we, we created engineers, which is a platform to kind of teach the game. You know, I, I basically started a platform to to give all the up and coming, the next generation of sound, the game that I wish I had coming into it through my personal experiences and build this full community that I can give back to at any given time. So, you know, I realized that I have a big following as an engineer, not as a producer or anything else. And that's big. You know, that's, that speaks volumes to, you know, the respect that I have and the respect that, you know, that that, that respect about my name and brand. So I feel like the next step was to teach and, and to give back and to, to have my name through have my name live through thousands and hundreds of thousands of kids worldwide and spread the wealth. You know, shit that I wish these old heads nowadays that not getting no work. I things I wish that they did for me. But, you know, I could always be the one to, 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 to shift the paradigm. Yeah, so tell us about Engineers. I've read a lot about it, seen it on your Instagram, the whole nine. Tell us about the program. So the platform itself, uh, aside from the workshops, uh, the platform itself is aimed uh, to be a business-in-a-box solution for audio engineers to basically streamline the business via an automated workflow that we created between audio engineers and artists globally. So the goal, a goal essentially is to create, a, a like I said, a business-in-a-box solution for, for engineers to you know sustain and manage their business. I read a few articles about the program and, and the workshops you do with it. And like one of them was talking about you put the layers of the box like on four different screens and broke right. down the box by Roddy Rich, like layer by layer and track by track. This It sounded ridiculous. It sounded like the future to me. Like it sounded crazy. <laughs> and so what have brought about you wanting to do that? And just kind of tell us more about what, what your mission is there, what, what you're doing with, with engineers. Uh, engineer started out just being just a, a outlet that we created to really give back to my core following, you know, again, by doing deconstructions and just doing a workshop, telling my story, you know, be, me being from the hood and, you know, you know, stealing food from Albertsons just so I can eat to get to the session at night. Like that shit that kids are dealing with today. So I'm not going to put myself on a pedestal and act like I didn't do that. Like I didn't rob Craigslist just so I can get the money to go get my equipment for this. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I'm I'm full. I'm me because I'm me. I'm here because I did what I did. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let people know you can be yourself, and you can still thrive through my story. But do, through through the workshops, we realized that yo, there's there's a real community. There's a real need for information, and also these kids are dealing with a lot of the things that I was dealing with, with not knowing how to you know manage themselves as an engineer, not knowing you know how to go through contracts, not knowing how to get clientele, or not knowing how to manage clientele. So after, you know, understanding the workshops, you know, we've done 15 around the world from, you know, uh, from Korea, Japan. We did all through Europe, Canada and the States. Uh, we, we decided to do a platform. So, you know, it's actually tomorrow we're soft launching the engineers platform. You know, it's a platform for engineers to kind of post their business and they have a place to manage their workload coming in. They have a place to really handle all things for their personal self. So instead of giving a percent off to managers who are not really doing things for them, they have a, a full profile that they can now get booked at they can now host and, and host all the services that they're providing they can now have you know a seamless conversations and a seamless workflow with clientele anywhere around the world so you know through the workshops and through understanding what these people wanted we decided to launch the platform which we're right now hey that's crazy and i feel like in the last like era the last few decades between jay with guru uh Ken kendrick with you whole tde with you and then drake with 40 i feel like the, the engineer has gotten more prominence and one thing I do notice that y'all do is y'all do give back. Like y'all do try to help out 
it, you're not stingy with the knowledge. Like you see somebody like uh, Parks from Joe Budden podcast or uh, Alex Tumay who works with Young Thug. Like y'all always passing around knowledge. It seems like it's just like a selfless profession. Do you see it like that too? I mean, facts. I mean, like I said, it's a simple, simple quote. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I could teach somebody how to twist a knob a certain way, but they're going to listen to it a different way. You know, and again, it just stems back to like me begging for knowledge to people that I once looked up to. And they were just, you know, putting me to the side because they thought, hey, this kid is going to take my job one day. But instead, if you just gave him life and just like fucked with him, you know, then, you know, I could have I could have been his little. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got it. It goes back to the streets. You know, each one teach one. And that's how you create legacy is by just giving back to your people. They're going to love you for life for it. I think that's where it does come from, too. Like, like K, K you're, like, you're like that, too, bro. You're always trying to put people on and, like, give people opportunity. And we just talked about this when you was in New York. Like, you know, you could, I could give you the water. I could show you where the water comes from. And right. It's the rest is on you. Yeah. Exactly. Where does that come from for you, K? I mean, it's the same mentality, you know. You see that one person in the neighborhood that fucks with all the kids that are always giving back, always giving their time and their energy and knowledge to, and you like, damn, I want to be like that person. I want to have people mm-hmm. that listen to every word that I say, that trust me, right. that you know, are vulnerable, we open, transparent with each other. Like, you want that relationship with people, and you want to feel tight and connected with people, especially if you got something in common, you know? So, you see that around, you know, as a kid, I've seen that in people, and I'm like, I just want to be that if I ever get some, some type of power or influence, you know? So it's just it just feels like the right thing to do. It keeps you grounded. You feel me? It's so easy to get your mind lost in a lot of this shit. You know, you, you need people to keep you grounded in every aspect. Most definitely. I don't know you as well as I know Kevin, obviously, but y'all both sound, that's the perfect word I'd describe both of y'all. Y'all both seem grounded and just, people trip when, when you know, they'll ask me about Kevin and I'm like, he's just normal, you know what I mean? And people trip out on that and expecting you to be some whole other thing and I'm like, it's, you know, he's just a regular dude and uh, that's a good thing to me though. Yeah, because you got these clowns that run around thinking they guys and shit, <laughs> you know, everyone bleed like you bleed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We talk about that too. As quick as you got it, it can be taken from you. You know what I'm saying? Be humble. You know, be humble. Yeah, most definitely. Nah, that's real. Like that's that's one of the things I learned really, really early on when I really, really got into media. It's like careful how you treat people, because how you treat people, the the people you see on the way up, you are gonna see them on the way down. Facts. And on the way down, it's that laughter on the way down is different from the laughter on the way up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yo, let's jump into some some music stuff. I got some like I want to hear some stories in the studio. Like, man, as you were recording, which joints that you knew was gonna be the ones? You know what I'm saying? Like a Kendrick, you know, as he recording out, which ones did you know? I mean, it sounds cliche to say it sounds like okay, this nigga is bullshit, but bro, I'm like I'm just I love it. Anything he does, bro, is just fucking incredible. But you know, it's uh, it, it's like when we did Tempeba Butterfly, you know. Coming off of Good Kid, Mad City, you know, and I just got done with with Schoolboy's album with the oxymoron. I think I just did my crazy life. So like my mindset is just rap, like you know what I'm saying, crazy, just crazy rap. And then Kendrick, you know, he starts recording this album. We start mixing this album. And this is so many live instruments, bro. Like I guess on the intro on Wesley's theory, bro. I keep saying this shit. There's 218 tracks, bro. I've never mixed. Like I said, I'm I'm self-taught. So I've never fucking, I never mixed on, on I never mixed any live, real live elements. I never tracked a fucking 12-piece band. I never went through none of that shit. But the type of dude that I am, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to let these niggas know I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to just figure it out. I'm going to figure it out along the way. And, and we're going to see what happens. The worst thing they're going to say is they don't like it. And we got to bring somebody. That's the worst thing going to happen. So, 
So, you know, doing the Pimp a Butterfly, bro, it was the most humbling experience probably to this date because, you know, I, I was, you know, the way that the weight, the, the pressure was so heavy on my back to just get this right because it was a new world to me. It's live violins and upright bass and crazy keys and live. It was incredible. It, it was incredible situation, but it was frightening as fuck. So, you know, uh, you know, like I said, that whole mixing that whole album was just a journey in itself, man. Just just, you know, trying to find a way to fuse all them old instruments and create a new sound with them. You know, those, those, those it's crazy, man. Those all, I remember them sessions so vividly to where we just, I remember Top Dog came in the room one time, right? I was mixing the intro for seven days, bro. No exaggeration. Just the drum loop for seven, <laughs> seven days. <laughs> nigga Top walked in the room. He's like, That's Yo. crazy. He's like, he pulled me to the side. You know, if you know Top Dog, he's like, hey, hey, uh, check it out real quick. Um, Hey, you think you think we need to bring somebody else in for this shit? And I'm just like, I'm like, damn, these niggas. Really I'm like, damn, these niggas caught it. Like, like, like. And I know, Tom, it was like, real like, chill like, and low tone, <laughs> real chill. It's like, so I'm like, damn, like my shit done caught up to me. These niggas found out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, just me being me. I'm like, nah, like we got it. But it was just, it was just the perfectionism, yeah. you know, like because it was a new realm, it was a new world to me. I'm like, I, I needed to get it right. And after the classic of Good, Good Kid, we just dropped. Like, like up is the only way. So it has to, has to, it has to show in every aspect of the creativity, which is the album, the lyrics, the the sonics, the production. So I wanted to make sure my piece was holding up to everyone else's. And it was just the pressure, bro. Like every day was just, you know, it was new. But towards the end of the album, you know, doing all right and all these other records, um, you know, all when I heard all right, I was like, okay, it's a rap. We figured it out. We figured it was a rap. That was one of the ones. Yeah, yeah, bro, that was one. That was shit, one of the songs of the mm -hmm. decade. You asked me, sure. like it shit. It led the marches. It was, it was, it was. You know, what I'm saying it was a lot that that came behind that record. When I heard it, it was some type of energy. Like I'm not, I'm not. Like I said, I didn't go to school for this shit, so I'm not really ones and zeros. It's more about feeling for me. And when I know something is right, when I mm -hmm. feel it and know when it's right and it's locked in, it's right. And I, I, I got that feeling with all right. And ever since then, that motherfucker just took off. We asked this about Drake, so we had to ask it about Kendrick too. There's, there's no way. How hands on is he in this process? Like even in your process, where he feels like the song is over, how 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 hands on are we talking? Bro, if I farted in the song on accident, bro, he gonna hear all of that shit. Like he's like, <laughs> like this nigga, like he's such, he's so, like he's 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 a genius to say the least. You know, like that's I honestly believe that's where we all got our work ethic from because we you got to keep up to this nigga. You know, it's. How he writes, how he performs, how he how he just inspires everybody around him to do better. Like it's just, you know, it's uh, it's 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 man, it's one in a million, man. But he's hands on every way from, from if he has to finding samples on his own and then handing the sample off to specific producers to create different versions too to see which one he likes. To you know, it's 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 crazy, man. That's one of the most articulate, just surgical dudes I've met in my life. So you talked about like different versions. Is how much stuff gets left on the cutting room floor for for TDE specifically? Like, cause I obviously he did Untitled a Master. Like, how how much are we talking for Kendrick alone? Let me say, I think we could put together like six albums, and you know we got everyone's the same way. You know, um, it's all about just understanding that you can always do something better. You know, it's it's it's, it's having that mindset to just strive for the best possible version of you possible. Um, and that's, 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 you know, by, as Kendrick's whole mindset is just always thriving to do better, whether it's recording a new verse, you know, he, he would record a whole song and get one ad lib back a month later because he don't like how you, he breath, he breathed the ad lib, you know, there's, you know, it's being that detail with it is what separates the kids from the, from, from the man, the good from great. It's just being that particular 
with every corner of a song, really get into a crevice and understanding every piece of it. You know, he's a true artist. You're doing these albums, you know, we're talking Over It by Summer. We're talking Control with SZA. We're talking Kendrick's albums, obviously, Oxymoron. These are like personal albums. Some of these are like, you know, they're dealing with demons. You know, uh, you did Divine Feminine with Mac Miller. Do you what's that like in the in, in the studio as you're crafting these things and you're kind of like going through these you, you're watching them pull these skeletons out the closet and you just kind of got to sit there and watch it the whole time. What's that like for you? It kind of it puts me in my place, you know, hearing 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 you know a verse back over and over and over and over until it's right. It kind of you know you have no you have no choice but to pick the mirror up and then is this, is he talking to me? Um, you know, so there's a lot of that personally. But it just it just it just gets me to better understand who I'm working with. You know, I'm a type of dude who if I don't if I can't vibe with you on a personal level, there's no money worth it. You know, I got to really be able to vibe with you and and understand what was put into this album so I can put what I need to into the project. And, you know, that's 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 kind of what I get from it every time. It's just how can I how can I add the piece of me, you know, to complete a puzzle that they they created and crafted off of their, you know, trials and tribulations or misfortunes or or anything positive you know it's just it's just finding a way to add a little piece of means to that can we talk about mac real quick you guys are close right man yeah we can't ask man that's my brother man rp to mac so with an album like divine feminine he's doing a lot of singing he's not he's not the the best vocalist of all time uh what, what's that like for you as you guys are kind of putting it together how to make that work incredible album i love that damn album yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough only because I knew how, how much it was hurting. You know, like again, when we work on albums, it takes months to complete. Uh, and I remember I, I'm in the exact studio now that we were doing it, and, and um, you know, I could just see the pain. Uh, <clears throat> I could see the pain that he was dealing with, and um, and you know, it uh, it you know, it just it just it just it just adds this level of empathy uh, into the whole situation. A lot of people can't understand and see and know because these artists are so closed off and so on and so forth, but. You know that uh, yeah that yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, man. It's that that one was real different. Nah, nah, I get you. Like you know, it's it's he's he's very unique because I had seen him at shows and festivals a couple of times doing writing stuff, and he was such like bright personality. And then he puts this music out, and he's clearly in a different place where he's making his music, and it's crazy to see. That shows you how selfless the nigga was. Like you know, everyone got them people that come around and bring their dark clouds with them. You know, killing the energy of the whole room. Like that's not him. Like you would never know what he's going through. He bites, you know. And you know, in 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 a sense, it's a gift and a curse because you know people suffer suffer in darkness with those. You know, they suffer alone with those dark clouds. Yeah, and he was one of the people like we talked about earlier. Like he tried to put everybody on. You know, there, there's the famous sessions at his house out in L.A. And you know, you schoolboy schoolboy cut his teeth there. Uh, Vince Staples, like a whole a whole gang of people, uh, and everybody's just in L.A. just rocking with dude and you can see like he's got to be super genuine there's no way everybody's fucking with dude like this if he's not call him white blood man that's, i always say that's the, that's the sixth member of black hippie right there man it's just again <laughs> man people don't realize how, how young he was man like you know what i'm saying like he was yeah. a kid so he moved to la didn't know anybody you know everybody probably trying to take advantage of him like you know what i'm saying so like he come across us and like we just embrace him as the homie and he loved it you know we all loved him you know q especially i like, just you know, just just it's like just having another boy around that you could you could talk shit about, talk about his breath stink, and just you know talk about how ugly the motherfucker is. And <laughs> it's just it's just one of the boys, man. It's just one of the boys, brother. Man, I miss that dude. So when it comes to like being in the studio, like and then 
once you try to turn it off, like what is that like for you? Let's see, turn turn what off? Right? This is like <laughs> like what do you need the studio? You with the fam? You with the like? What is that like? Because I know the music is always in your head. Yeah, that's the toughest thing about you know what I'm saying just about just I, I'm sure you deal with the same shit. It ain't yeah. turning it off. It's just knowing how to move it around. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, I my, luckily my daughter she kind of keeps me grounded. You know, she she demands all of my undivided attention. So you know, at times you know she's my escape. But you know, at the end of the day, like I, you know, I, I just I'm just one of those guys who like I always think like this is a once in, like I'm in the Super Bowl like you know, this is the once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, crazy to say, motherfuckers would be like, yo, you made it, you're all of this, but it's like, yo, like what's next? You know, if I could do this, like the job ain't done. I'm 30 years old. Like what's next? And that's how I think is just just consistently trying to find things to move forward. So even when I'm at home, it's, it sounds psycho to say, but even when I'm at home, I'm just I'm, I'm in my office, just you know, uh, just just figuring it out, trying to see what the next move is. So you're constantly studying new stuff. You're searching for new information at all times. No, I'm constantly searching, man. There's so much to learn. Whether it's reading, whether it's with his self help, just trying to figure out how I could be the big, the best weapon myself. Working out, uh, you know, uh, reading more, you know, just trying to find a way to, to be the best possible me in all aspects of my career, personal life, business life, relationships, you know, just constantly just searching for information. There's so much out there, you know, knowledge is power. I once had a friend who worked in TV and they were telling me how they basically can't enjoy TV anymore because they know how it's made. They see what's going on. <laughs> I see your face. You like that with music? Is it like, does it bother you? Bro, I, I ride. If you, nigga, the homies in the car, they know that to ride with me, bro. It's silent. <laughs> it's silent. Really? <laughs> it's silent. It's silent. The only, the only time I'm listening in the car is if I'm listening to a mix. But like, to and from the studio, if I'm just on the drive somewhere, bro, it's quiet. Like, you know, I, that's the only that's the only time in my life that I'm not. It's not loud around me. Either I'm in the studio and it's going up. I'm at the house or I'm with the homies and it's always going crazy. So it's like that's the only time that I got to myself to be in my thoughts. I might listen to an audio book, honestly, but besides that, you know, it's quiet. I'm in my head. Is it just the noise or like you you can like decipher the music and is that does that stick out to you? You know what I mean? Like you hear shit and you're like, I would have did it like this. That's 100 percent one one reason, you know, I, I can't enjoy the music because I constantly critique it. I would break the song that well, I would have done this different or I would have did that. Mm. Like, don't even try to play some shit that I worked on. Like, what? I might kick you out the <laughs> really? car. Really? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but but for the yeah, but for the most part, it's it's just you know it's it's that's the only time that I'm not thinking is when I'm driving. You know, when I'm in the studio, I'm thinking about how I can make a song better. When I'm at home, I'm thinking about you know some other shit. When I'm with my girl, some other, you know what I'm saying. So it's just that's the only time that I get I get to, it's it's almost like meditation if you kind of ask me. I'm able to kind of organize my thoughts for the day when I take that long drive to the studio every morning. So over this time, have you learned how to play instruments and make beats? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I dabble. I dabble. I fuck around. Um, you haven't produced no shit for for any of the game. Yeah, I, yeah, I produce a few records. Uh, I have this Elias that a lot of people don't know. Kathy, uh, that's my grandma's name. That every time I just fuck around, I just drop some shit. I did. It's funny. The first beat I ever produced was uh was with Abso and Rick Ross. Um, uh, but for the for the most part, I, I you know I, again, I'm I'm still a student of the game to where you know I, I still feel like I ain't perfected this shit. Or trying to get into tech, you know, I ain't perfected that yet. So it's just, you know, I like to, you know, keep a lot of my eggs and, you know, close to me. So I'm not, I'm not spreading myself too thin. Yeah, I seen earlier in your career, you kind of like shot away from being a quote unquote producer, but you had to be right in in a sense with what you do. Right. I mean, and if if you take, if you speak of it like that, then then I already am producing. You know, I'll take some vocals and chop it up and do something crazy to it that wasn't. That's vocal production. 
Um, and, and I think that's when I enjoy it most is, is when I'm in the moment, not creating something with no vocals over it. You know, that, that, that doesn't satisfy my ADD. I got to sit there and fine tune as I go. <laughs> Do you have a favorite project of all the things you've done? Is it unfair to ask that? Man, uh, no, nah, not really. I mean, this, yeah, it's so much, bro. Like, um, I mean, I recently, the Roddy Rich, uh, the Roddy Rich album was probably my favorite this the, recently. Um, just the, the way he elevated, the way he elevated, you know, just, just being able to fuse a lot of live guitar instruments with the 808s and, and the way he kind of just glides and skates over records and just pleasing to the ear. Um, it's incredible. I love it, bro. Like, it's one of my favorite artists. Mm -hmm. But it I think incredible. that was, that was, uh, that was one of my favorite albums working on over the past year or so. You got a lot of accomplishments ahead of you. Grammy season's coming up. It's going to be one of the stranger Grammys. You know, <laughs> I with, can't imagine. The state of the world and all that, you know. Catch me in a, in a hazmat suit, nigga, with some fly-ass leather. <laughs> 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 but I, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of your work up there on the big screen. What are, what are you looking forward to with Grammy season and then your new role with the committee and all that? Um, I think just that, you know, just uh, excited to just enter a new role with the BLC. Um, and being able to just push initiative with, uh, with, 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 with good intentions, you know, be able to give back mm -hmm. to a community that has respected me and has, uh, gave me this pedestal to be able to support my family. So, you know, goal is to inspire the next mix by Ali, if that makes sense. Right. This year has got to be Roddy, right? Man, I'm gunning for it, but gotta be. Roddy went crazy, bro. Yeah, he, man, he, he had a, a phenomenal year, bro. Shout out to Roddy Rich. Yeah, this the one for him. How do y'all not win song of the year with the box? How does that not happen? That's why we gotta wait. We gotta wait till this happen, man. We gotta all be out there with uh with pickets and just just protest that uh the box. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get, get the campaign together. Yeah, I, I mean, God, God willing, God willing, I hope Roddy Roddy does very well at the Grammys. Um, but regardless, man, he's an amazing artist with or without the Grammys. Um, you know. Yep. But you know, he's just be excited for what he has coming up, man. Kid, right there is something special. Yeah, his success has been exciting, and he's. You know, in this new era of music, you get to see everybody from stage one a lot of times. Facts, facts. You didn't used to see that. You didn't used to see until it was a ready-made product. I, I seen it with Corday. Yeah. Yeah, we're working with Corday. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just watching him and how hungry he was coming in. He dropped a crazy album. Um, and it's just it's just dope to see that, yeah, how, how hungry and happy and inspired these people are coming into the game. It's, it's refreshing, you know? It's real refreshing. We've watched Kevin grow up, literally. Like, we've seen him from 18, from 17, to who he is now as an adult. And he's, you know, we all still got growing to do. But you see that with these artists, too. We watch, we, could, we could find Roddy's first video right now and watch it and be like, yo, what? And uh, so that's what makes the success so dope to see, though. See him where he's at now, top of the world, just kicking number ones out like it's nothing. And having a part of him, so that doesn't, that doesn't hurt as well. So you suffered one of the biggest Grammy snubs ever in my mind. <laughs> you're now <laughs> you're now like fighting against that in a real way. T tell us about right. you know your spot leadership council in the Black Music Collective, the Recording Academy. You feel snubbed, right? You you left there like pissed. I mean, shit. I, I'm a young nigga from the set. I'm happy to be in the building, bro. Like, I was <laughs> like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Somebody as masterful as you, you know, you wanted that shit. <laughs> nah, <laughs> hey, you come I on. Mean, 
Hey, who not gonna be hot? But you know what I'm saying? It, you know, there they, you go. I, I, who not, who not gonna be upset? But you know, the universe prevails, and you know, you know, years later, you know, multiple ones came after that. But you know, it, it's um, yeah. I mean, shit. Fuck it. We got we got snub. Fuck it. But <laughs> there you go. But being uh, being being a BOC, the Black Leadership Council, uh, it's it, it's it's dope, bro. It's being able to because of course being nominated and being involved with the voting all that's different from being able to make change um and you know shout out to harvey mason shout out to to rig morales uh and everyone who put it on um i, I think it's a dope way for us to really grab a hold of our music and be able to to to, to give these artists the respect they deserve rather than just people in the buildings just pointing at the names because they recognize the names you know we really listen to the music we really indulge in the music so let us really you know take heed and 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 do what we need to do, you know. Let us, let us, let us, let us do that. I think something like that is is needed, especially in this time. You know, like last year, Tyler. You know, Tyler. There's a lot of albums are put in specific categories that don't belong. It's like there's mm -hmm. there's no real. I always thought that too. You know what I'm saying? There's no real structure in how yeah. you know, like you you see hearing pop records go off in the rap shit. Like it's you know, and I think this way it'll be more geared towards giving these artists the just do, especially now when this, you know, this they're still undecided between singing and rap. You know, like yeah, I always thought there was different genres within the the rap category. The rap, right? It should be right. It yeah. should be. Yeah, there needs to be. They they do that with rock, right? They do that with pop music. They right. they break it up into these little pieces. Right, right. So that's that's the conversation actually that we're having, and um, it's just trying to figure out how to do it so it pleases everybody. But I think. I think this is good. This is change, um, and 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 I'm, I couldn't be more grateful to be a part. You know, there's some amazing people on the board, on the council, um, and 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 I think this initiative is really going to shift. Um, you know, the next generation of how the Grammys are, are are perceiving rap music. Yeah, I know when I was writing like heavily, I knew other shit now, and I don't really get to it as much as I'd like to. But that was one of my crusades. Like the Grammys just completely disrespect hip hop. They disrespect black music and. And to me, it's always just like they literally don't know. Like you have people in the academy saying, "Yeah, I didn't, I just didn't know who that artist was." So how can I pick that album? And you're watching these iconic classic albums. Like Good Kid is like my one of my top five albums ever. And it, how does it not win album of the year? How is it not the best rap out? Like what is what are we doing here? You know? I mean, I look at that. I, I mean, shit, we'll take that being a mortar. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta take the bad with the good. You gotta go through that to be able to create these initiatives. You know? So I. Now, I'll take that as that. You know, we sacrificed that for us to be able to to create the BLC and move forward in a whole different light. Yeah, we, I mean, it's necessary. It's necessary. And I'm, I'm happy that that's going on because the Grammys is supposed to be prestigious. You know, it's supposed to be. And I think we got to a place where people are like, you know, f fuck the Grammys. But it shouldn't be like that. And, and exactly, exactly. It's so prestigious. Before before the credibility goes out the window, hey, let us come in and clean the shit up for us and let's do it the right way how it should be done. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and it's not even about like putting our music ahead of like just put our music on an even platform and and let y'all appreciate it for what it really is. And so yeah, I like I, I like what y'all doing in it. The rap category wasn't even at first. It wasn't even really being televised, you know, which is crazy. But you know, yeah, yeah. What? Well, yep. Yeah, they would announce that on the side on the ticker. And see, rap is yeah, rap is the biggest genre right now. Like the most popular one. Everybody wanted to see who wins that one. So. Like I know in your earlier days you you had less tech obviously I've seen you talk about using crack plugins crack crack programs and stuff <laughs> yeah now you have everything you could possibly have everything you could possibly want Do, does how does that change your process in that way 
Um, it, of course, naturally, it makes it better. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't discourage the youth and letting them know that you need all these shiny buttons and tools to make that sound. You know, uh, you know, this is this thing that Dr. Dre told me earlier. It's not what you're working on; it's who's pressing the button. You know, you can make a hit record off of, you know, stocked gear and stock plugins, but it's knowing how to implement the right tools that you need at that time to move forward and create a better sound. You know. A lot of people would think that they need all these hundreds of thousand dollars of equipment and gear just to, you know, pump a hit out. But, you know, it's in your, the, the equipment's your ears, you know what I'm saying? It's knowing how, to, knowing how to tune them up to create that sound. But it doesn't help. I'm not going to sit here and lie like this shit don't make it sound better. But it's not, don't be discouraged and think you need it. You feel me? Dude, with something like sound, SOE Nate, how, how do you go about teaching people to know what sounds good in, like in your program and things like that? Uh, I just keep it a hundred, bro. Like it's like I'm not blowing no smoke. I'm not telling niggas all oh, for vocals. Tune this up one dB at five hundred. Like, I'm not doing that. Like <laughs> you know, I, I I give them the way of my teaching is basically I let them know how I do it, and I tell them to try to find a way to implement my technique into your own arsenal. You know, I try to find a way to take what I do to add it to your own vision and your own sonic vision to create your own sound. So I break songs down. I do deconstructions, breaking songs down, just basically. Re reverse engineering the sessions, showing, showing, showing the attendees, you know, what specific gear or plugins that I did use and why did I use it? What was my mindset behind it? Why did I do this versus doing that? Just to get them to understand the technique behind it, you know? And, and again, that's, that's a way that I would like to be taught. I, I don't like, I don't like to be taught to where they tell you, this is the way to do it. And you're going to be fucking rich. Like, that's not the case. <laughs> like, you know, I just let everybody know the, the real, like, you know, this is, this I just let them know the real, you know what I'm saying? Exactly how I do it. And they've been more receptive. They've, they've been they've been more way more receptive to it, you know. Just, just hear, hearing somebody at my pedestal, hearing somebody at my at my, you know, at where I'm at in my career, tell them that, you know, it's not about overthinking and it's about just being, you know, being yourself and being able to feel the music rather than being scientific and super critical. Um, I think I think that has inspired more than 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 than, than I can imagine, you know. Kev, you just said something like similar to that recently. You were saying, you know, people think you could go down the same path and, and get the same results and it don't work like that. Like, what do you mean there? It's always, you know, find out who you are first and find out what works best for you. And, you know, I can give you, you know, my experiences and what I've learned throughout this journey. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to live your own. So, you know, it's you can say you want to be the next such and such, but in all, in all actuality, you're just trying to figure out yourself and how you could be the best that you can be, you know? So it's all about being an individual, you know? We attach ourselves to people a lot and want to be like them, but at the same time, you got to know you got to build your own identity. So, yeah, we see you in the studio. There's some there's some really highly anticipated albums that we know you're going to have your hands on. Uh, we'll, can you tell us what you're working on? Can you let us? Can you? Yeah, just let give us, us know? a date. No, we don't gotta get a release date. Like, no, we don't gotta joking, like, you know. Bro. I was just joking, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta get a text thread with KD. I'm gonna start sending KD the rough. Yeah. There you go. Uh, See, there it is. Nah, uh, there, there's a few projects that, uh, that of course, obviously I can't speak about, but I'm doing a <laughs> cast off joint right now. Uh, I just wrapped up Brockhampton. I'm doing Smino's album. Um, shit, what is on the board? Uh, what else can I say? i'll let you know you know because of quarantine there's uh there's a lot of artists working um there's a lot of artists working right now and 2021 is gonna fucking it's gonna be a, a ambush of music uh which you know grateful to say that i had a big hand in a lot of how do you go about choosing who to work with 
Are you you're one of the more on demand, you know. I gotta like that. I gotta like you, bro. Like I, I, I gotta have a conversation with you. Like for one, I don't need. I don't. I'm not saying I don't need the project, but it's more of if I'm gonna sit here and spend ten hours on a snare, bro. We gotta be able to sit and talk about life. <laughs> like, we gotta be able to have some type of like. I don't want to come into the studio and it's just like I can't even turn around and be like, "Hey, nigga, you hungry?" Like I don't want. I, I, it's gotta be personal with me, you know. I turned down a lot of shit. I turned down a really? lot of music. You know, quite frankly, a lot of music doesn't inspire me today. You know, a lot of the stuff sound monotone and sounds the same. Mm-hmm. So I, I carefully pick projects that, um, for one, challenge me. So, you know, for one, I can, I can still sharpen up my own knife. Right. Um, and and just, 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 just artists. I, I'm good at selecting artists to work with that, you know, on the rise and they're about to bubble. You know, I got with Roddy early um, and a few other projects. So I, I, like to, I like to stay on the cusp of what's going on just so I can, you know, be be one of the guys to kind of help move this sound forward like i told you earlier okay that's your hype too right you gotta be able to rock with somebody work with them yeah it's, it's gotta be a you gotta have a relationship because more times than not you're just gonna be wanting to shoot the shit like you just want to talk about life talk about sports yeah, talk about yeah. anything you know what i'm saying so if you like you said yeah. if you're spending so much time being of service to somebody at least you know be my fucking friend <laughs> you know what i'm saying no a thousand percent we we in a box all day long i gotta be able to like I get. I that. gotta be able to clown you on some funny shit. I gotta be able to. We gotta. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's gotta be love. It's a weird dynamic, right? Because, because like I know even with with Kevin, like because we're doing so much work together now, we don't often get to have like the, the yo, what you up to conversation. So, do, do you feel like it gets in the way? Kind of like your relationships in a way. Yeah, because it's like it. It, it, it kind of almost like you almost don't feel human no more. You know, because you, it's it's so much business. So there's no time for the person. You know, but you know, I, I feel like it's important to, to 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 sometimes step back and to you know chime back in and you know just tap back in on a regular level. You know, I I hate it when I, when I text a motherfucker because we're doing so much work. Because I text him, he automatically just thinks it's about work. Like, no, nah, I'm just I'm just I'm just checking in on you. Yeah, How you doing? Yeah. And those are the type of relationships I like to have with who I'm working with. I want to I want to I like to build long term relationships. You know, I want to be involved. You know, sonically as much as I can. You know, if I'm investing my whole if I'm investing my whole everything into this project and it's your debut. I want to see this motherfucker out for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, Kev like to say, uh, you know, he invite somebody to the, to the crib before he fucking like give him a job before he work with him. Man, because yeah. you need you to. Gotta, you got to really vibe one. with somebody. Right. You run into somebody for one, weirdos. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, you run into, you know, cancers that just plague your whole circle. You know, you, it's all type of shit you got to watch out for nowadays. Because if we sitting there just talking work, you know what I mean? Like, that's just going to kill whatever we trying to do. Like, we got to be and, able to, like, put the computer down and be like, right. yo, did you see this? Did you did you hear this yet? This shit cool? You fuck right. with it? Like, you got to be and able it, to do that. And it's, it just makes it, it it just makes it all business. Like, and it's, when it's all business, it's like. Yeah, exactly. It's, it can be all business. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I appreciate and respect the business, but I'm not about all business, you know, because for me to put my all into that business, I got to like it. So we've been asking everybody the same question, and we've been getting these private people on here and asking this shit kind of invading their privacy but like what do you what are you into outside of the studio i knew you was talking about earlier you know your daughter keeps you grounded but you like to drive around in silence yeah, i can't yeah. even ask what you listening to like what what are you into like what do you what do you do when you're not working uh randomly bro i'm a real history buff bro i love history uh yeah. randomly you know i'm uh i'm like baron in polish and i was raised by my polish half you know my grandmother and them they suffered uh through world war ii i went through all the siberian camps and all that mm-hmm. So early on, you know, my granny always, always just told me stories of shit that she really dealt with. You know, her family dying, trying to escape camps and all type of crazy nonsense. 
So randomly, I, I, I to this day, because I travel so much, I, I, I see these places firsthand and I can really touch the walls of these erected buildings and I can feel the energy from, you know, those times. So I, I sadly, you know, all that to say this, I, I do a lot of history searching. Uh, I, I watch a lot of documentaries on like the medieval times and, you know, Roman empires and shit like that. Um, I just, again, I like to just, just thirst for information, you know, that's yeah. the way they thought, the way they, the way they did things back in the day. You can, you know, those are, they, they hit you with little bars that you can use in today's time. That's real dope. I know when I was in college, I took like a humanities class on accident, like didn't mean to sign up for that shit. And they, they're literally teaching you how, you know, these civilizations worked and they burn them down and literally build on top of them. So as they're excavating, they're picking new cities out from the ground and shit. And like, I was the same way. Like, I hella got in history when I did that. It's like, yo, this is what? Like, blew my mind. Right. But I, I'm, I'm not too complex, my guy. Like, I just, I, I, I've been through all the party phases. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that now. So I'm literally, I'm, I work my ass off and I, I try to be the best father I can and still try to be the best human. Right, right. So... Uh, when I when I researched you and looked up your Grammy history, the Grammy website lists two, but says you have three. How many Grammys do you have? I got three trophies, and I got about twelve certificates. Right. Um, basically, to to as an engineer to get a trophy, you have to have worked on over fifty one percent of that project. Ah. Uh, mm. Or or if it's a single, uh, then it has to be in the categories of song or record of the year. I think record of the year is the only trophy that engineers get for single records. So I got a trophy for um, for uh, This Is America, Donald Glover, and then I got two I got two trophies uh, for a uh, dam and uh, to pimp a butterfly, but I got certificates from from pretty much a lot of I would say over ninety percent of the albums that I have worked on all been nominated for albums or nominated for Grammys. So I got hella hella certificates. Where do you keep your Grammys? I asked Kevin this like when I first met him. Where do you keep your rings? <laughs> Where do you keep your Grammys? I just bought a new house, so like literally, brother, all just sitting like under the stairs in the box. Um, exactly, where it should be right because it don't matter. It don't matter, bro. People always ask me, like, "Oh my god, you got to... like that shit is like it's like all right." It just it just affirms what I already knew what I could do. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Right, Man, trophies don't matter. That's hella funny. It's funny because that's basically what Kevin said. It's like, oh, that's yeah, like they, all the yeah, I got. I, I probably got sixty, sixty plus plaques. None of them are hung up. Like they just. You know, I appreciate it, but it's more, it's more of just, just, mm -hmm. it's like a personal thing with me. Like, nigga, you did it. You feel me? That's all I need. So if that's not the stuff that motivates you, what does motivate you? Man, life, man. My, my, I know. Yeah, but <laughs> life, bro. Like now, before having my daughter, bro, like everything, I was so just selfish, bro. Like partying, bro. I'm, I was doing my thing, bro. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I'm out, I'm doing, I was going crazy. <laughs> but it's like now, like it's more of a purpose. Like I want to really leave behind a legacy. You know, I want to I want to leave my daughter an empire that, you know, she could, you know, raise her family off of. I want to teach her values and things that I didn't have coming into the game. So it's just, again, that's why I'm so heavy on just trying to be the best me because now I got somebody that's really, that I'm really influencing on a different level that, you know, I have no choice but to succeed in all aspects of my life to make sure that she lives the best way possible and has the, the good, good good head on her shoulder while she's doing it and watching. Right, right. Now, and you're doing that, like, you know, before we let you get out of here, you definitely making that legacy. You, you're a legend in the flesh, um, you know, and, and your reputation precedes you, so you've earned that. So just wanted love, to let love, you know love. that. Well, we got you here. I know I got, yeah. I know I ain't got, hold on real quick. I ain't Katie. I ain't nothing on the court, my boy. But next time I see you, I got to get a one-on. I might snap an ankle or pop an Achilles, my nigga. But <laughs> I, I, we got we to get that one-on-one in, my boy. Yo. 
<laughs> Yo, everybody who challenged me, man, I tell them the gym is always open, man. I'm in there just like you in that studio. Hey, the gym is always open, bro. <laughs> That's all. I just need to be a fly. On the, I just need to be a fly on the wall, man. See that greatness, bro. All right, so you know you you you've had a storied career already. You're still a young dude. I know you. I know you feel like an old head, but you, we all still young dudes. <laughs> what uh. Over the last ten years, you know, what are, what are you most proud of of what you what you've done, what you put together? Man, it's a lot, man. But most proud of man is keeping a level head. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, earlier it could be easy to kind of just jump off a ledge or just turn into let this shit turn into somebody else. Um, you know, but you know, grateful grateful I let all this turn into you know a, a a vessel to be able to spread knowledge, you know, through our workshops and such. So you know, grateful for the last ten to be able to sponsor the next ten in education. Before we let you go, can you settle the debate for me? Can you pick between Good Kid and and the Pimp Butterfly? Which one do you think is better? That's like you a cold nigga, man. Uh, I gotta ask because I argue about you this should shit throw damn in daily. There too. But I will say, let me say before you answer, I just told Kevin this maybe like a week ago. We was talking, and it was me, him, and my guy, my guy Cam. That album. To Pippin' Butterflies grown on me. I used to be yeah, one of the ones like, ah, were. you know, it's cool. It definitely grew on me and like, I still got a good kid ahead of it, but that shit is amazing and I finally like, I finally, it finally won me over. I would say, I mean, I, I'm going to give you the politically correct answer, but this is the honest to God truth. Both my favorite for two separate reasons. Good kid, because he, he told the story of all of us, he told the story of all of us in LA that couldn't tell that story. You know, that, that, that album that album was, was was every young nigga in LA's daily life. You know what I'm saying? That that was what we went through. So I love it for that and what it did for my life, obviously. Uh, but I like to pimp a butterfly because how it humbled me and it showed me uh, different levels to this engineering shit on a technical level. You know what I'm saying? I respect that album on that level to where, you know, what it taught me. It taught me patience. It taught me, you know, how to fuse different live instruments. It taught me, it taught me some behind the scenes shit. But, you know, I, I, that's my reason for liking both of them. Yeah, and I, I, when I say I like Good Kid Better, it's because of what you said. Like I've been ten of those characters in that in that in that album. You know what I mean? I've been the Good Kid. I've been shit. Uh, I've known all them people too. So it's like to hear that. It's like, yo, was he was he here? With like it was yeah. crazy. Like <laughs> it blew my mind. And then YG shit, which you worked on as well, was the same thing. Like Kendrick was the Good Kid, and he was the he was the bad kid. Like you know what I'm saying? It, it, it was. You know, kid. like YG <laughs> album started with like literally him getting jumped into the set. I was like, yo, well, this shit about to be ridiculous. Like, <laughs> wow, it's crazy. It's it's painting it's painting that picture. Like you know, what I'm saying that's why like Kendrick as a writer is one of the greats. You know, what I'm saying and he could paint that picture sonically. Like, and that's hard to do. You know. Yeah. Well, look, man, we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it only felt right to get you when when Kevin and I first started talking about doing this. We said, yeah, we want to talk to artists and shit, you know, because him and I end up talking about music so much. But it's like, let's talk to some producers. Let's talk to some engineers because y'all see music right. differently. Y'all see music in a whole different way. We described it as talking to nerds. We just wanted to hear you nerd out, bro. So we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and, it and it's dope that you guys are doing this because, again, I, you, guys, I, you guys know my mission, again, is to advance the, just the quality of audio. But giving us this platform to be able to chop it up on a different, like, I would never be able to tap into Kevin's fan base you know, talking my nerdy shit. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I see this as, as, as a dope initiative to keep pushing forward what we already doing. So I want to say I'm completely grateful for you guys. And, uh, man, just keep pushing this culture, bro, for real. Sir, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, we appreciate uh, you being here, man. We're looking forward to 
all the secret stuff you're working on, all the stuff you told us about. And, uh, and you sending me some tracks too, yo. Come on. Hey, hey I got you. I'm going to start out. Hey, you going to. I bet. I got you. Hey, shout out to Raj from uh, Raj from the smoking section too, man. This nigga is the first. My dog. That's really the first dude who ever interviewed me. I was like 17 years old and we was at Austin in Texas, bro. And shout, shout out to him for even connecting us. My brother. That's my guy, man. Went, went to that man's yeah. wedding. That's my that's my, my, word, my guy for word. sure. So appreciate you for doing this, man. And yes, man, appreciate shout out to you, Raj brother. for lining it up for us. And love, love. We're excited to see what you got going on next, man. My brothers, man. Until the next time, man. Have a blessed day. You too, bro. Yes, sir. All right, brother.